Hey, this is Michael O'Neill from the Solopreneur Hour, and you are listening to Labrador Leadership with Bob Nolly. Oh, that was cool. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Hello, this is Alex Massa here with Bob Nolly. Hey there, folks. <laughs> for Labrador Leadership. Uh, we're here, another another day. Um, another Bob, day, another dollar. You know, I was going to go there. I'm glad you did it for me. Thank you. I, I came to rehearsal this week. Yeah, yeah. well, you're, re- you're reading your lines well. <laughs> Line, please. Line. No, I, I do hope people know that this is the least scripted leadership podcast they probably listen to. That's the whole um, point. Remember, people are coming up on the park porch just to hang out. That's the whole point. Well, we're trying to break into this more conversational. We, we've always been a very conversational show. But we're trying to break into this, um, you know, even more so, uh, more of a brainchild, if you will, less of, less of uh, kind of scripted content. Um, you know, Bob's son Robert on one of the first episodes told told myself he's a, a friend of mine, which is how Bob and I got connected. He told me, he's a like, God, you sound like you're in an airplane and it sounds like you're reading out of a book. <laughs> okay, Robert. Thanks for the feedback, boy. Thanks, bud. <laughs> and, and, you know, that from there I was like, well, I guess I got to get a better microphone and I sure as hell have to start talking about more interesting stuff if Robert's even bored. So, you know, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to do, do that for you all, which is, uh, you know, give us some feedback on it. If you, if you like where we're going. Hey, let me ask you this, because I ask all our interviewees this. Where can people find you uh, in the social media world? Are you on the Twitter and stuff like that? Yeah, um, I have a, a, a Twitter. I have a uh, Masa PR. And then I have um, I have Instagram, which is uh, Alex Masa. I have a, a LinkedIn. You know, I'm Alexander Masa on LinkedIn. and are the followers now. That'll be good. All right, good. Well, you know, and it's, I keep uh, my LinkedIn and my Masa PR account pretty, uh, pretty clean. Um, there'll be a Masa or an AlexMasa.com in the near future, but I'm not quite there yet content wise. Oh, so, but you know, so when you're ready, you know, share what your plans are for that. That'll be good. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always, um, I have this one idea, uh, <laughs> And it, it, it won't be alexmasa.com, but I do have a, a, a crazy idea. And it, it kind of stems from um, most of my friends up here being in the creative field and, and being freelance. And I want to I wanna create kind of a collaborative platform for, um, for those creative fields. Uh, because, you know, we, we all freelance and we all uh, work really well together. So I want to, you know, kind of build a one-stop shop so that someone can go in and find a photographer, go in and find a graphic designer, go in and find um, a public relations specialist. And then, you know, if you find them all through us, then you have like a network of freelancers that work really well together. Um, and then it's a platform, you know, that you can kind of house resumes and, and portfolios as well for a lot of different people. So... That's something I've been. I've that's something I've been working on, but I think that that'll be 
you know, a year or so down the road, I'm sure after hearing this, someone will go out and create the exact model. No, I'm just, I'm joking. I'm There's joking. room for everybody. Hey, yeah. uh, here's the lesson here. You, you out there and you, and you have alexmalsa.com. Uh, so you own your name, which is good folks. You need to own your name. Yeah. And if you Luckily, need help owning your name, let me, you know, let me know and I'll be glad to help you. But, yeah, you know, I'm very lucky to have a, an odd name, but you know, there's a lot of people like the John Smiths of the world that are going to have a hard time. Well, sure. Like in town, you know, lots, it would be John Smith RVA or the John Smith or the real John Smith or something like that. There's a way to make it happen, but go own your name in some yeah. form in the dot com form rather than, you know, dot net or dot info or something like that. At least for now, go do that. That That's a great segue because, you know, you've talked about, you know, things you have to do to be successful. And, uh, we found this list of habits that successful people do. And, uh, I'm not going to run down the whole list, but pluck one off the list that you think for you personally is important that you can speak to. Hmm. Okay. I, I do, you know, we've talked about our to-do lists before. Yeah. So that's obvious. And I feel like that one's a no brainer. That really is a no-brainer. Yeah, here's the here's the point I make to underline this again for somebody that has missed the the previous episode and I can't come up with a number right now. Like I could catalog all fifty or sixty of the shows in my head. I should. Who else is going to do it? I guess. When your to do list should just not be this repository of everything you have to do. Your to do list should be today. Here are the at the most three things that I'm going to get done. And they're the A's. They're the things that have to, have to, have to get done today. And then if you get those done, you could start working on a handful of B's. And the C things would be nice to get done one day, maybe. And perhaps you spend a, a little bit of time on them just to, like, kind of herd cats, get them moved forward. But mm-hmm. the A's, pick the A's, make sure the A's get done every day. You will not believe how productive you get. And you'll get better prioritizing what is an A and what is a B and what is a C. So do the A's first. So, okay, that that's good. Yes, everybody does have a to-do list, but it shouldn't be the giant repository of, holy crap, look at all the stuff I have to do. <laughs> okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll fess up to this one because we've talked about that. Remembering names. That was the, my next one. Oh, go. Okay, go. Go ahead. No, no, I want to hear what you have to yeah. say. So there was, there was a window in my history where I had an incredibly difficult time doing that. And all the tricks with mnemonics and and whatever, what what worked for me finally is repeating, uh, repeating their names. I just mentioned to you off the air. Uh, I went to a one million cups meeting this morning here in in the RVA, and uh, you know I found myself leaning on that once again. I met John, John, yes, nice to meet you, John. And sure enough, at the end of you know end of the time there, and I'd met like twenty people. I kind of scanned the room and I went da 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 da, and I had them nailed. So it's just like going to the gym, make a mental note, repeat their names. But in business, you know, it's important, not just networking meetings, but for holy cow, knowing the names of all the people that work for you. No. And, and, and they're, they're significant others. And they have children. I mean, those are important people. It's not even, and it, it can kind of, for me, kind of goes beyond names. Like I want to um, kind of know a little bit about everybody that I work with so that I have some sort of common ground. And it's not, that's just not just like water cooler, like, uh, you know, 
crappy, like small talk. You know, I want to know what people's interests are outside of the job. I want to know what their goals are, you know, after the job. And I, I, I kind of want to understand their personality. I want to be able to communicate with them in the most effective way. And so I feel that it, it's, it kind of goes a little bit past remembering names, but remembering, you know, their, um, their overall, you know, character and, and what they kind of stand for as a, as a person. Um, it, you know, I really think that it's, a, it's important to go a little bit deeper. There's a suggestion here also that if uh, if it's not really a networking meeting or a social gathering, if it's a meeting, if it's a business meeting you're preparing for, go research them. I mean, go look for them on LinkedIn or their website or look for a bio on them some way yeah. or somewhere, excuse me, so you can find out you know, where they worked and where they went to school or you know where they're from. Yeah. That's important stuff. Yeah, and you know, it really is uh, – um, it's something that I always do, especially when I go into interviews and that kind of thing. Um, if, or if I'm interviewing someone or if I'm being interviewed for a position or something. So if I say I'm interviewing somebody for an article I'm writing, I'll Google them. Cause I want to know, I want to know the questions that they aren't expecting. You know, I want to, I want to see what they've answered before. I want to see what they're all about. And if someone's interviewing me for a job, I need to know, you know, I can some companies are smaller than others. So you can kind of see, um, you know, well, the owner, uh, you know, this is the, the values of the company. This is what the owner did before. You know, you have to be able to kind of, I'm not saying that manipulate the situation because you have information, but I am saying be informed and you'll sound a whole hell of a lot smarter. Yeah. So look at the things we've mentioned already here. I mean, if, if people, you know, got a gorilla grip on, you know, managing their their daily to-do list and remembering names and researching people before meeting with them they're going to feel the impact of that in their productivity and effectiveness no uncertain terms and we haven't even you know this we've taken like the three tips at the top of the iceberg here uh let's see uh oh here's one that that touches me a little bit purge your email inbox Darren LaGrange, she's the CEO at Aldera, which is a company that provides health plans for back office technology and the back office technology. He goes, I get my email inbox to one page by day's end. His job, he sees it is to communicate and build relationships with clients, prospects, employees, and all email is dealt with, responded to, or filed as complete. It only stays in the inbox if it needs further follow-up. Well, Sure. People need to know they can get a response from me, not just the other way around. That that's a great perspective. You know, I I've kind of had the perspective that I've tried to make sure I uh, empty out the things I got today today, and at least keep them moving forward and make sure I'm tracking the things that need follow up. This is all about commitment management too. But boy, if your inbox gets out of control. Ugh, it feels like a weight on your shoulders. How's yours look? Um, I have actually been told because I, if I, I'll send screenshots of things on my phone quite often, and the first thing everybody says is, "Clean out your inbox. What are you doing?" Because I have like seven hundred unread emails. 
Most of them are junk though, because I just, you know, I have work emails, but most everything goes through Alex Massa at Gmail, which you're welcome, everyone. There I am. You can email me. Uh, but you know, everything goes through that. And so it's, it's all just, you know, I weed out the important things and then I'll read the, the, the rest. I'll leave the rest unread. And when I'm, um, on the train, uh, commuting because I don't ever have time to sit down and read a book or anything like that. Um, if I forget my headphones, I, or I'm sitting there listening to podcasts or something, I'll sit there and start to clean out my email inbox, but it's just, you know, it's, it's something that I don't have time during my work day to do. Um, because it's not my work email, you know, so it kind of, yeah, it's my personal email. I got to do it on personal time, which is basically only the train. Yeah. So you're hanging onto the pole with the phone in one hand, you know, working through your inbox. That's tough. Oh yeah. People hate it. Oh, that's just people tough. Hate it. <laughs> uh, hey, so what caught your eye on this list? Uh, I think that the small but meaningful personal statements, you know, I think that, um, uh, everyone, it, it says everyone could use a personal statement. I think of this as, uh, I, I see it very differently than what it's written. So when clearly they're, they're saying, you know, um, to have one thing that kind of makes you, you know, happy or, or, or whatever, you know, have your one thing, like your, your crazy Argyle socks that everyone can see, you know, a, a personal statement, but I don't think of it as um, something that has to do with the way I dress because clearly I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm 25, almost 26, and I live in New York City. I can pretty much dress however I want, um, even in the workplace, you know, besides covering tattoos and that kind of thing. Um, but my my personal statement is I will – I'll make sure that uh, an imprint of myself is left on my work, always. And that's almost, that's, uh, that's a habit that I have every day, whether it's, it's making sure that uh, correspondence is really well written and, and sounds like it came from someone that went to school for business and public relations and English, or, or it's, you know, having a conversation with uh, my employer that, you know, he really understands, you know, that I care about the work that I do for him. You know, and it's, it's not like every day I'm like, I love my job. I think you're great. I think you're a hilarious, you know, employer. And I couldn't ask for a better one. I'm not doing that every day. He doesn't need the <laughs> He's an incredibly, incredibly powerful man. He does not need me to tell him every day. But, you know, today, it, you know, he, he called me into his office today and, and made a comment about how I could be anywhere from 22 to 30 in his mind. He didn't know. And, uh, you know, he always asks me how old I am. He forgets. He's like, you know, you really, you really can command a room like you're 30. And I was like, thanks. I like the bags under my eyes too. And like walked out. <laughs> it's the, it's the part of me that, you know, it's, it's maybe, you know, it's my little asshole comments, but if I can put a little bit of, of comedy into somebody's day, then, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. I, I had a colleague in the past, that said, uh, when he was interviewed, he came to the job after me and, and when our boss interviewed him, he said the last question he got, remember, we've talked about these last interview questions. He said, tell me something crazy about you. That was the question he got. <laughs> and I went, oh, God, I, I would never want to have to feel that question. So <laughs> he answered it. I wear an orange shirt every Friday. 
<laughs> and you know, I'd worked with him for nearly a year at that point, and I, uh, I rewound the tape, and holy cow, he does wear an orange shirt every Friday. He went to the University of Tennessee. So, uh, you know, that was the reason he did that. He wore the school colors. He had like an orange polo on during the summer every day and something long sleeve or an orange sweater in the winter. But every Friday he was wearing orange. I went, that is crazy. He was a big fan. I'm surprised his, his work area, work surface wasn't, you know, the checkerboard end zone that they have it in Knoxville. All the Tennessee fans now are going, yeah, they're singing Rocky Top. Uh, hey, there's a no, there's one here. This is, seems like a good idea. There's one here from the from the health. Uh, it's all about health in the end, but directly related to health. Uh, David Cald, who's the founder and CEO of Reverb, he says, uh, avoid all carbs before noon. I completely disagree with that statement. <laughs> I, I, you know, that 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 seems pretty universal. I, you know, I can't see that working for everybody. He says it's his peak energy time, and too many carbs throws him off his game. See, I have the opposite problem is that I only let myself eat carbs in the earlier part of the day. Um, I don't eat them for dinner. I don't eat them really after, you know, 1 p.m. or noon. So if I really need like this morning, I typically have like a granola and yogurt. But today I really needed a big old greasy bagel with bacon, egg and cheese on it. And I needed it. And I ordered it and I got it delivered to my desk because I needed it that bad. And that was at 11 a.m. And I saw this one on the list and I laughed so hard because I was like, oh, I completely disagree. I never I never completely disagree with what these professionals say, but I beg to differ, sir. I need a bagel and I need it now. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. And we, I want folks to make sure they listen to this now. So you're working at your desk, you know, I don't know what, how big a building you're in. I mean, what floor are you on? Are you up, are you up high in the air? Um, it's There's 12 floors, including the penthouse, and I'm on the third floor. Oh, so, But it still got delivered. I live in New York City. Wow. You can get anything delivered at any time of the day. And Seamless is on those days that I'm running late and I'm going from a train to a cab and – you know, I've, I'm just not in the game before 9 a.m. I didn't make a breakfast. I didn't grab coffee. And what it really was is that I needed a coffee the size of my face. And I didn't want to I, – I was so busy at my desk that I couldn't go downstairs to the Starbucks. It was just not in the cards today because I'm going on vacation next week. So I'm playing – I'm playing, you know, I don't know, catch, not catch up, but, you know, I'm – trying to get everybody in the in the office ready for me not being there. So I was so busy that I, you know, I've made the executive decision to to buy the bagel, buy the coffee and have them brought to me and it was an amazing decision. Oh, sweet. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to make that happen. Oh my gosh. That's great. It was it was uh it turned my whole day around though because I was so tired, I was so sluggish, I was like dreading my work day and as soon as I got some bacon in me, man, I'm not lying. It was like <laughs> I was rearing and ready to go. But, you know, as soon as we uh, cut loose here tonight after we get out of Studio 17, you're you're headed to the gym, right? Absolutely. How'd you know? Just just a thought. I mean, you know, kickboxing at 9 p.m. Yeah, I still, you know, I'm still trying to do it. Um, and yeah, people think I'm crazy for going that time of day. But, you know, you have to figure out what, what schedule is right for you. And you have to figure out, 
you know, you, you know yourself and you know your body and you know when you're going to get the most out of your body. And mine just happens to me. I've always been a night owl and I'm not a morning person. Yeah. Good. I'm talking. I'll hit snooze for an hour. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull one more out of the list, and uh, you can look for another one too, because I think we got time. Uh, Rick Morrison, who's the CEO of Comprehend Systems, and they work with folks in life sciences like Boston Scientific and AstraZeneca. Here, here's what he says: Pay attention to people, not devices. Put the cell phone away. Says I try to keep them out of sight when I'm around my kids and in all executive meetings. Yeah, when you're in, you're in a meeting, you know, be engaged. And the smaller the meeting, the more important that is. Put them away. Put them away in restaurants. Pay more attention to the people. I mean, if it's true, and I think it is because we've said it is, people, society in general now are craving real relationships. So when you have the opportunity to be in a restaurant or lunch, to really have some quality time with somebody that's important to you maybe, whether it's your boss or your significant other or your kids or, you know, just set it aside and focus on the people. The phone will be there when you pay the check. So do that. I think that's important. I'm good for that. You have one more. Yeah, I think, um, and I think everyone kind of, you had this article in front of you and our audience got to pick which four I would choose. I know that everybody would realize that I would say talk constantly with your team. Because I really do think that it's the only way to kind of get things done um, effectively. You know, you want something done right, you just help somebody what you want and it'll get done. And I think that, um, you know, that kind of goes back to, to engagement. It goes back to, um, to the whole, uh, you know, communication structure in employee relations. You know, you just have to, you just got to talk it out. You got to make sure that you talk both formally and informally with your team. And that is absolutely kind of what I, I live my life by. So I think that that's going to be my last pick. Yeah, that's an excellent one. I'll tell you, I just read the uh, report from McKinsey on, on what f- CEOs that are getting executive coaching uh, say is the number one thing they want to work on. And I was just, well, I wasn't flabbergasted. I was at least a little surprised that it was communication. Because that's the first thing, you know, we write that I was talking to Todd Uderstedt in the last episode of all the things we do. You know, we always say on our resume, we say excellent communication skills, verbal and written. And we just assume that somebody in the CEO chair, you know, has those skills. Those guys themselves don't think so. They need help with them in the broadest sense. I mean, leadership, what we talk about here is a very broad term. That's why we have so many different topics under our umbrella. Communication, of course, you know, is a very broad term. So talking constantly with your team, you think think you're doing that well? Think of another way you could do it better. One tip we pulled out from a previous episode, walk around, if they're there in the building with you, walk around near the end of the day and just wheel a chair around and sit to someone and go, so how you doing? What are you working on? What's going on? And make sure they don't feel, you know, they don't go shields and start getting defensive on you. Do that more than once if you have to. Yeah. That's the way to do it. I mean, you know, go outside with your team one day. There's just, there's so many different ways that you can kind of build those, those relationships and to not do it is, is, it's just lazy. You know, it's like, it, it doesn't take much time. It doesn't take much money. It's not taking anything away from productivity in the long run. 
That's excellent. Folks, you've been listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. We'll link up the show notes for you, and we'll link up the link to this article as well. Take care of one another. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Other suggestions for you. Plan for tomorrow. At the end of the day, save time to plan for tomorrow. Exercise at least five times a week. And meditate daily. Meditate, pray, read scripture, whatever. Do it daily. See you all next time. Have a great weekend.